Welcome to Like an Event Boss, your weekly events empowerment podcast with Carrie Abernathy and Juliet Tripp. Hi, and welcome everyone to episode number seven of Like an Event Boss. Today, we are talking all about inspiration. Another word I think I made up, but we're talking about people that inspire us in the events industry and what inspires them. And really, who else is more perfect for this episode to be a guest than the one, the only Rachel Sheeran? And I'm sure you've heard of her. You've probably heard of her podcast. She is kind of a jack of all trades in the events industry, MC, keynoter, uh, speaker, coach. There's so much more. I'm not going to overshadow her. Um, I'm a little biased. We're good friends. I'm not going to lie. But she's really everyone's friend, and you will definitely see that this episode. So, so excited to have you, Rachel. Thanks for being here with me and Juliet. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to get to chat. And I just want to say out loud, I freaking love your podcast. Like this podcast and y'all's topic has needed to be discussed by powerful women, uniting folks, especially right now more than ever. So thank you because I I just, I love the whole premise and can't wait till you're celebrating like episode 500. <gasps> thank you, Rachel. That is so kind. We love your podcast too. That's why you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, see, people, we already, you can just tell why we love her. All right. So I'm going to dig right in, Rach. Um, who is Rachel Sheeran? How are you related to the events industry? Kind of give us like the quick and dirty. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am somebody that loves the beach. I love margaritas. I love tropical vibes. That's probably part of who I am at my core. I retired from catering um, a few years ago. I, I like to say I liberated myself from catering. And, and that's thanks to a big word called burnout. I had no clue it was happening at the time, but holy smokes, was it happening at the time. And uh, basically, I was in the events industry for 10 years and loved it. I mean, I, I felt like I freaking won the lottery when I discovered I could actually be paid. You know, do y'all remember that when you were like, oh, party planner? And you were like, wait, what? Legitimate career? Hello. And I just I loved it until one day I didn't. And so, you know, where I sit right now here in 2021, I am really thankful. You know, I grew my business after burning out and throwing away my career very dramatically, might I add. Um, I built my career to basically be, you know, uh, a keynote speaker and a virtual MC. I did have a training and coaching side of my business, but I actually let that go. You know, you you ladies are, are stellar coaches. You know, you've got that heart and that that one-on-one um, -on -one mentorship to you. To me, I skew, I skew more on the side of the performance side of things. And so that's where, you know, keynoting has always been. I think once I was courageous enough to say, oh my God, I think I want to be a motivational speaker. I have loved every single moment, even the, you know, switch to virtual. I uh, 
you know, I jumped right in. I said, okay, people need me and my message now more than ever. And that kind of mentality has led to a, a, you know, a tough 2020. I definitely, you know, appreciate being home and being safe. Um, but you know, 2021, I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful to be here, Bob, you know? (laughs) So that's, that's where I sit right now. I just, I freaking, I believe that, you know, really at my core, not to sound Miss America, but you know, you ladies know me personally. I really do think that happy people are more successful. The science backs me up on that, but that the events industry specifically deserves to be so massively successful and abundant and happy. And when we are those things, we increase our impact to change the world because events change the world, but we change the world too. And that's what I'm on a mission for. Um, yes, mic drop. I mean, should we just end the episode now? We've got four minutes. Let's just end it now. <laughs> no. Yeah. What, where can we go from here? This is amazing. Yeah, we can't go anywhere. Um, Rach, did you know that you and Juliet were, are both like performance artist based? You're both like stage people. Uh, Juliet from massive amounts of Instagram stalking with absolutely no shame. Yes, I, I did get a glimmer of that. That's why I think you're so good on video. Truly. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. And I think, you know, I echo what you're saying about loving the performance side. And really, it's something that just lights me up. It just lights a fire in my belly. So love being connected with people that are of the same, same way, us theatre folk. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And you know, to that point, Juliet, I just want to say out loud to anyone listening, what you like, other people can tell. So if you're you're sitting out there and you're saying, oh, I hate, you know, whether it's cultural events or it's the state of the world or whatever, like even if even if you that's how you feel and you're still trying to do it, people can tell it. But the opposite's mm-hmm. true, too. If you love something, if you just think it's so fun and playful, I mean, seriously, like che- like go to Juliet's Instagram and check her out on video. She just has this lightness about her and it's because she likes it. And she's less concerned with it being perfect. I mean, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Juliet, but you just want to do it because, yeah. damn it, it's fun, you yes. know? And I just, I, I hope if I could wave a wand over the world, I would say more fun and more joyful work in 2021 would be a game changer. Oh my God. Yes. So <laughs> Juliet, did I just take you to church? Yeah, you did. <laughs> she's speechless. You did. Hallelujah. Yeah, this light just shone down. Shone down from America here to England. (laughs) I love it. This is no surprise. This is how people walk away from you, Rachel, feeling. This is not a new thing. This is a Rachel Sheeran magic thing. That's very kind. Um, Also, I'm so done with a normal intro after your intro. I mean, why are we not leading with more of an intro about ourselves and what we love? Like, Mm. Damn, I'm just going to start with like, I love a dirty martini. Also, Mm -hmm. I'm in the events industry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Carrie, it's funny you pick up on that because for, I mean, forever, forever, I have been uh, identitied first by what I do and my career and the job that I had and the title that I had. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, we're sitting on this panel, impressive accolades across all of us. But at the end of the day, what we do is not who we are. It, it's what we're lucky enough to get to do. But if you change or I change, then that doesn't change us. It just grows us. And that that flip to say, you know, not what do you do, but who are you? What brings you joy? What do you love? You know, I, I got to tell you, the second somebody tells me that they love 
uh, margaritas. They love traveling. They love the events industry. They love dogs. Uh, they love hot guys. We got a lot in common, to be honest. That's that's a foundation of a lot of my friendships right there. Oh, Another so reason why you're here with us today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like twinsies, triplets, triplets right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this in, this uh, episode is all about inspiration, but I do have a couple questions to dig into um, that are not about inspiration because, like, we met because you talked a lot about burnout, and um, I just want to ask you, like, why it's important for you to put it out there, and is there a stigma related to it for people? Mm, that's a great question. It's a great question because stigma is such a powerful word. I don't think I've used that word before, but you've really hit the nail on the head, Carrie, because it is that it's something that gets whispered about. You know, when I was growing up, we whispered only about a few things, Uh, money, uh, probably sex. We whispered about uh, family, you know, family secrets. Those were the things we whispered about being successful growing up was never something you whispered about because you shouted about it. You were like, I'm so proud. Look at what I've done. Get good grades. Get all the gold stars. And so what happens when you're actually super successful and you get everything that you want and then it's either A, ripped away from you, like so many in our in our industry right now, it's just been completely ripped away. The other side is, is what if you've lost it? What if you've just lost that loving feeling? And it's embarrassing, to be honest. And and that's where I sat. You rewind four years ago, and I had everything I'd ever wanted, the title, the income, the awards, you know, the hot guy, the hottest guy I've ever met. I got to marry him. I was like, jackpot. Um, <laughs> those, those who follow me on Instagram, they, they know King Sheeran and his abs really well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I've once I once I quit my job. Once I went to weekly therapy, once I did everything to keep my family afloat, I mean, we were eating rice and beans, I was Ubering, having yard sales, being a photo shoot assistant. I mean, I was doing anything for a little quick cash while I figured out WTF just happened. How could I love something and hate it again? And what I started to realize was it was pressure to stay the same. It was pressure to succeed, even if I didn't want all the accolades I was succeeding at. You know what? No one ever told me that I wasn't leadership material. No one ever told me that being a leader freaking is hard and it sucks a lot of the time. Uh, no, Nobody taught me that it's basically like a lot of HR and listening, which is not typically in my skill set. I'm, I'm not the HR representative for myself or or my company really well. And the idea of burnout as something that just totally destroyed my identity, I thought, oh my God, I can't, I can't let anybody walk through and, and walk straight into this pit with me. And I started, the more I started to talk about it, the more people would inside conversations or tearful hugs after I'd get off stage at conferences and they would tell me their stories. And I started to realize it's really an epidemic of the working world and where we sit right now. I'm here to tell you, I think that it's not if burnout happens, it's when it happens, especially to high performers, especially to people who care deeply about their work, but especially through what we have all just gone through globally. You know, burnout happens because circumstances change, relationships change, or you change. And I mean, ladies, you've changed, right? Mm-hmm. This past, and we're constantly changing. That's that's the beauty of it that I think nobody tells us is we're meant to change. We're meant to grow. It's just us, it, all that pressure I was feeling, 
oh, shoot, that was personal pressure. And that's great because if I'm the one that chains me, that means that I'm also the one that has the key. And that's why I, I talk about burnout. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, a mic drop moment. You're going to see that all across Instagram after this, I'm sure. And that has to resonate with so many people. Juliet, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're speaking to me and I've been there. Um, I know you have too, Carrie, and we will continue to talk about topics like this on this podcast. That's why we're here. But yeah, I think having that identity and for me, it's always been that I've led with I've, you know, got 10 years in the events industry or I live and breathe events. And actually, you know, it's not all about that. Like, yes, I do. It's a huge part of who I am, but there's so much more to me. And I think because I hit burnout, um, I guess you'd say fairly young. I was 26, 27 at the time. And it felt like events are all I had. So to to have lost the love temporarily for it and have felt so much stress and pressure, it was I didn't tell anyone at the time how I was feeling. I just dealt with it because I didn't want the outside world to realize that, hang on, I thought Juliet loved events. Mm -hmm. Why is she just now, you know, not, you know, I was crying all the time. I wasn't interested in my work and I was doing too much and saying yes to everything. And I, it wasn't until someone told me because I was crying in a phone call that I had burnout. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, (laughs) I've got burnout. And now I look back and I'm like, this is totally okay. And if only I had reached out to people, if only I had realized what I was going through, I could have, you know, continued to grow and, and develop and move move on from it. But it it took time. So yeah, this is just, yeah. it's just so interesting to hear, you know, hear your spin on it. Julia, when you say that about like, oh, I could go back and I could say uh, something to someone, it's so interesting. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day and we were both very stressed out. And I, we talked about how, you know, I was apologizing because I had withdrawn. When I get stressed, I withdraw. Mm. And when she gets stressed, she doesn't want to talk about it. She wants to talk about anything but the stress, right? But she still kind of wants um, that interaction. And it it was a growing moment in our relationship. Mind you, I've, I've known her for 15 plus years. And I thought, isn't that interesting that we deny ourselves the love that we want the most when yeah. we're so stressed? And I so wish, Juliet, I've never once thought about how I wished I could go back and tell somebody what I was feeling. And now I have that longing and that appreciation. So thank you for inspiring that, Juliet. That's That was beautiful. I wish I could oh, too. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, no, you're you're incredible. Thank you for opening up. And just, it's it's great how you can really frame burnout. I know this is, you know, it's your thing. You, you talk about this and you inspire others. Um, but it's just great to hear it from you directly and for it to hit home like that because I did shut myself down and I stopped talking to friends and family who were closest to me at the time because I just thought I need to power through. I need to keep being Juliet and keep going 100 miles an hour. But that's what I know shouldn't have done. <laughs> I, I have yet to meet somebody who's burned out and isn't the person that keeps it together for everybody else. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's actually a good segue into my next question for you, Rachel, which is servant-based leadership and lifestyle. Like you kind of brought that to the table for me in my life. Like, can you talk about like what that means to you, what it means in general? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you honor me with saying that I I helped you with it, Carrie. That's always, I mean, (laughs) I'm talking to the founder of the Association for Women in Events. So you've always been a servant leader. You know, I think it's, 
to me, you know, you all heard me say earlier, you know, I, I'm not that great of a leader in a traditional sense, but I also want to say out loud that leadership as we've defined it traditionally was created by white men. And I'm not a white man. I identify as a, a white female and I live here in America and I have my own distinct perspective on it. And the second I left off, I let go of leader as it had to be leader who had to be bottom line focused leader who had to be, um, you know, uh, ultra, you know, either tiptoey around people or, or super aggressive. The second I got curious with, Hey, what is leadership to me? And leadership to me, I think this is at the core of your question. It's it's wanting the best, even if that means you'll move on from my my interaction. Um, it's it's giving you the energy you might need to do whatever it is you want to in your life. You know, I'm a big energy transfer person. I just I own the power of any Zoom I walk into, any room I walk into. I I love energy personally. So true. And. And, you know, when it comes to leadership, I think, you know, my my good friend, uh, Sarah Noel Wilson, she's an incredible speaker. She's got a book coming out in uh, April about don't feed the elephants. You've got to pre-order it. It's it's so incredible when it's up. And it's about not feeding the elephants in the rooms, right? We all know elephants are in the rooms, the things we don't discuss. And a few years ago, we were talking. Now, mind you, she focuses almost exclusively on executive leadership, which and I do not. And she was saying about leadership and I looked at her and I said, Sarah, I got to be honest, I think I hate leaders. And she paused and this is the sign of a good friendship. She challenged me. She didn't let me off the hook. And she said, you know, why? And is that still true? What you think about leaders? And over the course of time, what I started to realize was my view of leadership was skewed because I thought no one could be trusted. I can only trust myself. And I think that I think it's I think it's both to anyone out there listening. I think that sometimes leaders really struggle because people don't own the power they have within themselves. I can I am the best leader of me that I will ever have. Not only am I my best friend and my eternal roommate and you know the the one that can understand me the best, but I am the best leader I can be for me. So leadership's an inside job. And I think that's one of those things that in our societies, we look at leaders as outward positions. And guess what? Leaders are flawed. Leaders are human. The best leaders are vulnerable about that. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst ones are like, no, no, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. And you're like, yeah, no, when you die, people are going to be like, he was a great man. And I'll be in the back being like, no, mm -mm, no, he tipped like 10%. He was awful, <sighs> you know, <laughs> but I think, you know, for servant leadership, it's about like, do I have the ability to make an impact? Yes. Uh, do I, do I care about others and myself? Yes. And you know, at the core of it is, do I love what I do, who I do it with and who I do it for? And if the answer to all three of those things is yes, then congratulations. I think you're, you're living your own dream. And if it's not, I encourage you to go out and seek it. Mm, so good. Oh my gosh. I yeah, like you're a dream podcast guest, really. <laughs> and wow, just people, this is Rachel Sheeran. Like somebody add the the clapping track in, please, yeah. right now. <laughs> so I, you know, this whole episode's about of inspiration. Again, I made the word up, but it's about, you know, inspiring event professionals, which you do. I'm going to ask Juliet first and then you, Rachel, what inspiration means to both of you and where you get your inspiration from. So Juliet, grace us with that information, please. 
Wow, this is such a big question. I love it. Thank you. Um, inspiration. I get inspiration everywhere. I'm always looking out. I'm learning. I'm listening. And I think really for me, inspiration comes from my peers, from those around me, from my tribe, like that whole thing, you know, you find your tribe and love them hard, like I do, and event profs, I think in 2020, one of the great things to come out of it for our industry was that we have built connections through this time. In the absence of networking events and actually meeting up in person, we've suddenly had more time to connect. So I found inspiration when I didn't think I'd find it. Um, and that's been, yeah, really, really great to move forward with, with all these new people that now inspire me and lift me up every day. And in the same respect, there are people that I've left behind or, you know, brands that I no longer engage with because they don't light me up. So it's, it's choosing um, what makes you happy. And that for me is inspiration. Oh, what a beautiful gift. You just package mm-hmm. that up so nicely. Mm-hmm. You found that clarity this year. I think I found that clarity this year. So yeah badass finally like being really clear about inspiration what it is for you where you find it and finding the beauty in these situations to find even more inspiration uh rachel i'm going to ask you the same question what inspiration means to you where where do you get your inspiration from yeah you know i have a huge smile on my face listening to juliet's answer nodding along you know the beautiful thing i think about inspiration at least to me is it's both personal and universal, right? I mean, that's that's why we're talking about it. And to Julia, you know, what you're saying about like your your collection of folks, the people you've released and said, you know, best of luck on your journey. I'm, you know, my journey's taking me a different way. I think that's beautiful. I think to me, inspiration truly is a feeling that you allow. In in my experience, inspiration, you know, I, I grew up and I've always been pretty hyper type A and I would read some of the Eastern mystics. I have a a minor in religious studies, oddly enough. And uh, I was curious about what made people tick, why people would go to such lengths for beautiful things and for horrible things. And it's a lot of times based in religion. And as I was reading the Eastern uh, mystics, you know, uh, people like, you know, Rumi and the Buddha and Confucius, and they're so Zen and they're so chill. And I thought, is it drugs? You know, like, how do I get that chill? It never quite hit me. And you know what? It really is. You know, Rumi's got this great quote, what you seek is also seeking you. And I think that that applies so deeply to inspiration. You know, to me, I find inspiration wherever I want to find it. You know, whether it's watching a comedy special, I get some of the best speaker training. It, you know, if you want to be a speaker, you want to improve your public speaking, watch comedians. They're masters of timing, storytelling, phrasing, playing with the audience. Oh, it's it's just joyful to watch. You know, I can find inspiration in, uh, you know, anyone who watches a dog or a pet sleep, even children sleeping. Very cute. Um, <laughs> you know, when when you find it, it's, I think, being open to it. And I will say, and this this might be a different direction than what you were expecting, but I think that I find a lot of inspiration in grief and in anger too. You know, what, grief is something I like to talk about a lot because it's important. And again, a taboo topic we don't talk about. When you burn out, you grieve who you were. You grieve a loss in a lot of different ways. When someone dies, you grieve. And to anyone out there that's listening, that's had a loss, you know, I see you and I'm walking that road with you, you know, and 
grief is not linear. It's one of the truths of life that still pisses me off. I wish I could just go down a bunch of boxes and check them off and have it be done and wrapped in a bow, but it doesn't work like that. And I will say that grief and maybe the anger, the anger of maybe people not believing in me or, you know, the anger or perceived, um, you know, belief of uh, slights or comeback stories or whatever it might be. Maybe I'm just holding a bunch of Catholic guilt over me for sins that I've transgressed before. But I will say, you know, I saw this quote recently and I loved it. It said, you know, to all the doors that closed on me, I'm coming back to buy the building. Yes, I just saw wow. that. Yes. And yeah. And that was, that hit me because I was like, oop, yep. And I think that can be inspiration too. You can't let it consume you, but if it can start you up, if it can spark your motor, I say use it, use it to greatness, use it to impact, use it to change because change is hard and building is hard. And there's going to be a moment where you think, damn it, do I have to build again? I've built so much. I mean, that's one of the beauties and tough parts of events industries. We are master builders. We're master magic makers. We're master uh, save the dayers and happiness creators. And yet it is hard to do it for ourselves. And that is the eternal truth right there. That, yeah, that is so right. I think during difficult times, those difficult times you talked about, like that's when you need the inspiration the most. And you have to really mm-hmm. dig deep for opening yourself up to it and finding it. Um, and it's really beautiful when you do. And so that kind of guides me into, let's talk about, you know, what you hope to achieve through inspirational messages. I'm going to go like low hanging fruit, social media, Juliet and Rachel. I steal a lot of stuff from you guys. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm sorry. It's inspired by Carrie. I get a lot of inspiration. We're all inspiring others. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of inspiration. I mean, is that one of the things that outcomes that you expect from what you post? Like what, I guess, what do you get out of it? What do you want to do for others when you're posting? Um, I'll go Rachel and then Juliet. Great question. I, I would say, you know, because I can, it means you can too. Because I do, it means that there's a template or, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, uh, I could do this better, good, do it. it, You know, one of my most popular keynotes, it's about burnout. And at the end of it, towards the end, you know, I'm challenging folks to really get curious with their joy. And I say, you know, what do you want? You want to be up here with a microphone? Good. We need more women and people of color on this stage. So do it. And that to me is one of those things, you know, I am a plus size person. And I remember as a kid, I, you know, men in Italian culture can be large. I mean, you know, think about all the gangster movies and mob bosses and Tony Soprano, right? On on television, you know, we eat, we eat a lot of carbs. It's absolutely delicious. And so to me, being overweight and being plus size was very powerful, right? All of the men were big and all of the women were little, but all the men were in power. So why wouldn't I want to be big? And I realized very early on, I might have been five or six when I started to realize I had gotten the messaging wrong, that I was supposed to not be as loud or not be as big as I was. And by the way, my genetics made me a human meatball from a very early age. And the long story short here is that When I was um, maybe about 10, we moved from New England to North Carolina here in the States. And 
I snuck BET, Black Entertainment Television, at night. You know, we weren't really allowed to watch too much TV anyway. But I would go out into the living room. I would turn it on really low. And I would see BET Def Jam Comedy After Dark. And for anyone, you know, go and Google it if you or YouTube it if you haven't seen it. But this is where so many incredible black comedians, hilarious comedians, names you recognize, names you don't got their start. And on those stages, I would see these plus size black women owning, owning the crowd. They would talk about sex. They'd talk about friends They'd talk about, you know, being hot. They'd, they, they were just hilarious. And it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody and I know I'm, I just like to say with all awareness of my privilege, I am a white person. This is a black female on stage. It was the first time I ever thought, look, someone like me is an entertainer. Someone like me gets to make people laugh. Someone like me is beloved and desired. And that changed everything for me. And I really own that. I know that every time I get to post and speak out, you know, I've gotten a few DMs saying like, God, you know, like your husband's so much hotter than you. I'm like, uh, in your opinion, in yeah, your opinion, opinion like I am a queen as well. Thank you. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But it it's one of those things where I think like, you know, listen, if you if you think I'm great, like go good, go be great. Take that energy you might get from me and do it your way, because guess what? Nobody's paying that much attention to you anyway, which is stellar. The second I realized that no one's listening, it was actually the positive. No one is listening. Then I got more authentic. I got more courageous. I got more, um, you know, I think I got full of fun. And it turns out that that does resonate. You know, it, it resonates enough to get a book deal and to be on stages. And I'm thrilled with it. Be yourself. We, we can't wait to see you. Hell yes. yes. All right, Juliet. Same question for you. Okay, so I don't know how I can follow Rachel, um, obviously, but here we go, my attempt. Um, so yeah, I think with social media for me, a lot of it is about encouraging people and empowering people and ultimately showing the event profs community, especially the, the female event prof community, um, of which make up a you know large amount of my following online, that ambition is not a dirty word and you absolutely have the power to be and do whatever the hell you want to do and like go after your goal full out and I always say that I would rather be someone's shot of tequila than someone's cup of tea any day and I realize that I am like myself 100% on social media like I am a positive person like I'm gonna bring the positive vibes if I'm feeling good yeah I'll tell you if I feel like shit but I will also tell you if I'm feeling good like you'll see me at 5am with my shot of espresso you'll see me jet lagged in an airport if I'm working on events like you're seeing me and if you're not into that that's cool just unfollow me and find someone else like no no big deal but ultimately yeah just empowering people creating opportunities for others to engage like with my sort of coaching community and everything um it's just really important to me and just show everyone that like you know you can be you but there are also things that we're on the same path with so I like to do fun things and create like fun memes to make people smile and and that kind of thing it's just all about yeah happiness and authenticity I guess I love it. I, I just wrote down, you know, I write like crazy during these episodes, Juliet, you know this yeah. by now. I wrote down common themes throughout this whole episode, authenticity, vulnerability, representation, and general badassery. 
for both of you. I love it. And also tequila. Oh, tequila. <laughs> I look forward to sharing some. Yes, I was like, tequila. Mm, delicious. If, yeah. I would love to I would love to have some right now, actually. So yeah. I mean, we could we could literally talk um all day and we might have several episodes to follow this up because I think I wanna Rachel, like I don't wanna dampen or stop your voice. Like there's so much I want to learn from you and so much that people can learn from you. So, but I, I will kind of wrap us up a little, I'll get closer to wrapping us up. How about that? Mm. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, Rachel, actually we did meet through the association for women in events. Um, I feel like I've known you my whole life. What Same. do you want to say to women in events? We need you now more than ever. And I'd like to say by we, I mean, other women in events. I, I think that, you know, if we look back at what's transpired, you know, the numbers coming out of all industries about women not staying in the workforce or at least not keeping a toe in the workforce, I would say that, you know, we get stronger, we get better by rising. And, you know, as somebody who has, let me back up, in order to heal fully from burnout, I had to walk away from what broke me. And what broke me was my work. And I knew that it was all encompassing, that I had changed, that work had changed, everything was different, and I couldn't salvage it. And you might be at that place too, listening to this. And if that's the case, listen, such good luck and such blessings. But if it is not, if you have that fire and that longing for long, long nights and sore feet and making magic, stick with us. Because I think I know that the more women succeed, the better everything else gets for not just yourself, not just your family, but community, others. The more women are in leadership, the more equitable things get, the better pay we get, the better benefits. And, and mind you, I'm saying we as the human race, right? I mean, listen, girls run the world. I wish, you know, and it only happens with our participation. You know, I'm, I'm a longtime member of NACE and MPI. And of course, I was honored to be on the AWE board that United Us carry. And, you know, something that really drew me to AWE was the idea that stronger comes with from being together. And I think, you know, right now, when, when all of this, you know, COVID-19 stuff hit, I, I likened it to a ship. We basically are on a ship and we all got shoved onto the ship and we're going to a new world but at least we're together. You know, yes. I mean, there are people who are, you know, diving overboard and I get it. You know, there are people who are sitting in the hull of the ship with their arms crossed being like, this is BS. I don't want to do this. This is not what I signed up for. I get it. Like, let me row your part. I will row your part for a while, you know, like come with us, please don't give up, you know, but at the end of the day, women in leadership matter, supporting each other matters. And also to, being the voice for who you wished you'd had. You know, I, I can say without a doubt, you ask any woman in events and she'll t and, and ask her about tough situations and struggles. And we have a boatload. And you know what? Sticking in this industry, I, I still consider myself a big part of the events industry because I still keynote at conferences and at annual meetings and stuff. And I think because I'm here, I can try and help somebody not have to go through it just a little. If we all could just be 1% better and help somebody get there 1% faster, could you imagine what C-suites are going to look like in 30, 40, 20, 10, five years, you know, but it doesn't happen if, if we bail out now. 
you are truly an inspiration and mm. just a woman of action. And I hope that this podcast introduces even more people to you and your light and your inspiration and everything that you can bring to us and to their audiences. Thank you so much. Um, So tell Rachel, tell people where they can find you. And also tell us if there's anything upcoming, exciting things for you. We'd love to hear about it. (laughs) Totally. Great question, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, first of all, I just, I want to say I share that this could be a weekly conversation and I would love it absolutely every single week. Um, So if you're listening and you've loved it, this is why you subscribe to Carrie and Juliet's podcast. Uh, So make sure you subscribe and like, I'll just say that because it really does help. You know, as somebody who podcasts myself, my podcast is called F This S. It's all about happiness, success, and burnout. How would I prevent it um, and how to heal from it. But, you know, if you visit rachelsheeran.com, I do have a newsletter there. If you sign up, you'll get, you know, free webinars. You'll get my weekly podcast uh, delivered to you. And also to learn about some exciting launches I've got in uh, quarter four this year. I'll have a, a book coming out all around burnout, happiness, and what the hell to do about it. So sign up for that at rachelsheeran.com. I'm also really active on LinkedIn. So just Rachel Sheeran. And then on Instagram, if you did want to see my hot husband or my very cute dog or motivation, I'm at rachel.sheeran. Oh my gosh, Rachel, you're amazing. I We just absolutely adore you. And this was an amazing conversation. I really think that our listeners needed to hear it. And it just really started my day off um, better, honestly. Um, well, for listeners, as per usual, you can find us at Like an Event Boss on Instagram. We hope you listen to next week's episode and all of the ones before it. Um, as we do, I am going to throw closing over to my amazing co-host, Juliet. Juliet. Okay, we've got this. So we always close out an episode with a final thought for you. And my final thought today has been very much inspired by our conversation with the wonderful Rachel. And that is to be true to you and to not just stay in your lane, but slay in your lane. Like whatever it is that you do that lights you up, do that thing and go all in because the world needs more of that. The world needs more of you being you and just unapologetically slay in your lane we will see you next week this has been like an event boss and we are so happy that you're with us on this journey see you next time bye